Welcome along to a bonus episode this week. It's Saints prepare for League Cup action to travel east down the road to the Amex and play Brighton and Hove Albion in the second round of the Carabao Cup, what it is this season. We've barely had enough time to reflect on what was another disappointing day at St. Mary's at the weekend, a 2-1 defeat to Leicester City. This episode it may not be as long as some previous shows, but do stick with us for our predictions, some important travel advice, and top tips on away pubs. I also get the chance to speak to a familiar voice for those of you that do listen to Saints podcast as we look ahead to Tuesday night's match. You know, it's the Southampton way, as I say, to feel naturally pessimistic about things. I try to be positive. I think, you know, we have an element of our fan base that uh, continually love to moan about everything and anything. But, I, you know, I still want to be positive. There's a lot of the, the, the season to go. But you look at where we were this time last season, even under Pellegrino, we had five points after three games. We've got one and we've not played any of the real big boys yet. So I think it's, uh, you know, right to be nervous. I also get the chance to speak to Alan from the Brighton Hove Albion podcast, the Albion Raw. And despite... Seagulls losing at Anfield on Saturday night. He remains upbeat about their chances of flying through this Tuesday. Is Chris taking it seriously? I think so. As, a, as an exercise in remaining in the Premier League, I think he's, he's taking it seriously. As an exercise in progressing in the cup, I th- I'd like to think he would. I mean, you know, we're all paying good money to see this. I mean, it's extra above, uh, above and beyond an expensive season ticket. So I think at the very least, any given manager would actually have the courtesy of putting out the best side. But we know just his historically that is not going to be you know the absolute first team so stay tuned for the rest of the show let's know where you're watching from or where you're listening from this episode is available to download in the card above my head if you are watching on youtube and all the other good platforms are available in the link in the description do get involved in the conversation leave your comments your predictions anything in between in the comments below so let's get on with the show as we preview our trip to the amex So welcome along to our preview part of the show. Saints are in League Cup, Carabao Cup, EFL Cup, Wolverton Cup, Littlewoods Cup, but just the League Cup to you and me uh, this Tuesday night as we take the relatively short trip down the coast to our South Coast rivals, uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, so joining me this week to help me look ahead to Tuesday night's match, uh, the first of our collaborations this season, a voice that some of you may already be aware of and may recognise and, and appeared briefly in our uh, season review in May. I'd like to welcome to the show the host of the Total Saints podcast, Ben Stanfield. Thanks for coming by, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, all good, Freddie. I'm a bit disappointed by the uh, start of the season, but yeah, lovely to come along and finally talk to you and uh, yeah, scare a few people in the face. <laughs> uh, hopefully we have a few more of these over this season as well, but um, you know, it, it is a quick turnaround for us You know, uh, with the Tuesday night game coming. We've barely had enough time to reflect on Saturday's match, but uh, I think before we get to Brighton, we'll take this chance to, uh, to briefly share our thoughts on, on the Leicester game. Uh, so a 2-1 two, a defeat another last minute goal to concede I mean Claude Puel uh, rubs salt in the wounds once more yeah it was typical Saints really Freddie wasn't it we've become uh, sadly we've become used to it over the last um, couple of seasons or so I, I was reflecting on it ahead of my, my podcast and thinking that the Southampton way used to be about the pathway from players coming from the academy to the first team these these days it seems to be sort of uh, throwing points away from winning positions I, I think I saw on the BBC website it was uh, 24 points that we've thrown away since the uh, start of last season uh, you know from winning positions and when you think of uh, 
how Saints struggle to score goals. You really can't, um, you know, legislate for that. So same old story. We're just, we're not seeing games out, individual mistakes, collective mistakes. The fans are frustrated and, yeah, we just don't seem to learn our lessons, do we? No, not at all. And 24 points, that's almost two thirds of our entire haul last season. It would make life a lot easier if we kept hold of them, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, three games in, we've just been chatting before we're recording. Uh, we're starting to become worried already. I, I think it's it's only natural, isn't it? I mean, we were very lucky to, to scrape through last season and um, I obviously do the podcast with Adam Leach, as many of you will know, and he made a good point at the start of the season that it's essentially, you know, the same squad and it's the same set of players that Poole had and Pellegrino had. And yes, we've signed three or four players in the summer, but they're still integrating into the side. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the Southampton way, as I say, to feel naturally pessimistic about things. I try to be positive. I think, you know, we have an element of our fan base that uh, continually love to moan about everything and anything. But, you know, I still want to be positive. There's a lot of the, the, the season to go. But you look at where we were this time last season, even under Pellegrino, we had five points after three games. We've got one and we've not played any of the real big boys yet. So I think it's, uh, you know, right to be nervous. Yeah, I mean, hopefully um, we don't continue the way that we've been continuing the first two games, that we've started slowly and then kind of grow into the, the game. But maybe we might be going down that path growing into the season. But uh, more on yesterday's goals, though. Uh, Damari Gray... <sighs> With the equaliser, Cedric, he's starting to become a bit of a, poss- uh, a liability. Uh, he basically collides with Elianusi, he doesn't get much in the head away and it falls nicely for Damari Gray. What, one of the other things that we've become accustomed to the last 12 months or so, Freddie, is uh, Cedric being beaten at the back post for a headed goal. So uh, I don't know what he's doing. I mean, you know, he's one of those players that on his day is brilliant, but when he's not on, you know, not on it, he's just um, all over the place. And again, I mean, what, what he's doing for that goal, he's just running around in circles and the header just falls straight to Damari Gray. It's a great finish. But again, typical Saints, you know, you take the lead, you work so hard for 52 minutes and you throw it away again, straight away with just a, a basic error. And, you know, these guys are, Premier League professional footballers I, I just don't it frustrates me so much that we just seem to do it week in week out we give away soft goals it was a, a real commentary cliche yesterday you know you're most vulnerable when you score yeah yeah and it was uh, yeah I mean as you say absolutely yeah, the nail on the head and uh, we've seen it so many times with Saints haven't we it's, uh, it's, it's one of those bugbears whenever we take the lead you feel more nervous it's incredible you should feel more satisfied but there we go I don't think there's, there's not enough about us to, to go for the jugular and kind of kill the game off but you know a, a red card from Pierre Mouhoubier uh, I have to get the pronunciation right otherwise we'll have Lucy on our case uh, but he didn't he didn't help our, our affairs but you know from then on you know as, as I sort of just said you know we never looked confident to, to take the result and eventually we're trying clinging on to play for the draw yeah I mean for me it's it it's, it's a psychological thing. I, I think it has to be, you know, these these are players that for some reason it gets into their mind that as soon as they're they're under pressure, you, you know, you, you look at teams like Bournemouth, I think they have the opposite of us. They've won numerous points from a losing position. They did it again at Everton, you know, 2-0 down. They, they were down to 10 men. They still got back and got a point. For me, it's a psychological thing with Saints. They, they clearly, they, they don't have any leaders, Freddie, and we've spoken about that again. And, you, you know, I know you guys have as well. There's, there's no one on the pitch that sort of grabs them by the scruff of the neck and sort of tries to gain match. And, and for me, that is the issue. Um, as soon as they come under a bit of pressure, they just fold. And as for Pierre, I mean, you, you know, I really like him and I was glad he's back in the team. He's someone that gives 100 percent. But I have to be honest, I mean, that was embarrassing yesterday. And if that was any other team, you know, I'd, I'd be saying the same. It was embarrassing dive. You didn't need to do it. And, and you know, whether it changed the game, you, you know, substantially, I don't know, because we were already on the back foot. But yeah, I mean, there's just no need to do it. And it's not the sort of thing that you want to see in the Premier League or any level, really. No, not at all. And I think that dive. It's something that Tom Daly would be embarrassed of. Yeah, um, yeah. 
But for most of the game, we looked comfortable on possession. You know, similar story to previous years, but we're lacking cutting edge up front. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, that first 50, 55 minutes, Saints were brilliant. I mean, they played really, really well. And I think we're all agreed it was the best they played for certainly this season. But we just don't stick the ball away when we're on top. And, you, you know, you always think about the football commentators over the years saying, you know, you have to score when you're on top. We go in at nil-nil, having played really well in the in the first half. And again, that, that cutting edge, you know, it's been there for the last 12, 18 months, hasn't it? We don't, we don't score goals. And yet when we do, we don't hold on to the points. So it's it's a real challenge now for Mark Hughes to start to, to sort of work out who he's going to start up front and then you know who's going to put the ball away from him in terms of goals because Shane Long I mean love him or loathe him I'm, I'm probably on the fence he's someone that clearly gives 100% but two goals in 48 before yesterday I think you and I could probably score that fairly <laughs> yeah I think either one of our grandparents could have scored more <laughs> um, but uh, you know the second goal a sucker punch 92nd minute I mean we, we have all our players in our, own, in our own half defending deep trying to cling on for that draw and, and Maguire's given the time and space of a coach to drift in uh, to take a long red shot and it's a bit fortuitous falls through two defenders legs and McCarthy couldn't do anything about it I mean, is there anything more Saints than that, Freddie? I mean, you've got a centre-back <laughs> drilling it in from 35 yards. It goes through two sets of legs. Keepers nowhere to be seen. I mean, 93rd minute, whatever it was. As I say, you know, we all we all have Saints in our hearts. I think we're all used to seeing that sort of thing happen. But yeah, there's nothing more Southampton than that, really, is there? Typical of the last two years, perhaps. But uh, let's try and look forward then to, yeah. to Tuesday's Tuesday night's match. Uh, last season in the League Cup, as it was last season. Uh, a real disappointment uh, and a real sort of baptism of fire for, for young Bednarek on the night but we were schooled by sort of eventual you know promoted Wolves I mean surely we must be looking at this this competition for a reprieve from some of the league's disappointments yeah absolutely I mean you, you know reflecting on that Wolves game just briefly I mean that wasn't their first team by any stretch of the imagination that was a second slash third third string side and they tore us apart and uh, yeah I mean it was a disappointing exit as, as one of your um, you know folks said on uh, your video last night Freddie Saints need a win they need to get a win from somewhere will he change it up will he sort of think right let's focus on Palace and play some of the fringe players if he does and then they lose there's going to be an, a continuation of the negative uh, confidence so I, I think it's really hard to tell what Hughes is going to do whether he's going to set them out to to sort of go out with a strong side and say, look, we need to win a game. But absolutely, I, I think as fans, you know, we want to do well in the league, but everyone wants to have a good cut run. We've actually been quite lucky the last couple of years, haven't we, in terms of getting to Wembley twice. I mean, as a Saints fan of 30 years, I think my first experience of going to Wembley was for the JPT. And yet, you know, we've been lucky to go three times in the in the last sort of 10 years. So, you know, the, the other thing as well, I mean, it's the only all Premier League fixture in the, in the Carabao Cup round. So Saints couldn't really have asked for a tough a game being away against Premier League so it's, it's certainly not going to be an easy game but you, you just wonder how Hughes is going to set up now yeah it'll be interesting to see what, how Brighton line up as well I mean it, you've got to expect some sort of uh, a rotation in both squads you know you have to think that the players weren't, that weren't involved in Saturday's match Gabbiadini left out Yoshida left out you know we didn't see a few others that were on the bench couldn't get on the pitch but James Ward-Prowse or you have to say expected to start and Angus Gunn uh, I think he's clearly going to be our cup keeper this season yeah, for me, for me, we need competition for places. And the only way that we're going to get that is by people being given a chance to wear the shirt and prove to Hughes that they want to start on a Saturday. Um, you know, you mentioned there, I, I made sure I did my homework for this, Freddie. So um, Brighton last season against, they, they beat Barnsley and then they lost to Bournemouth. In both of those games, Chris Hewton played pretty much the second string side. So I think we can probably imagine that he's going to give a few players, a, a, a you know, a, a run out as well. But for, for me, you, you know, we need to make sure that there's competition for places for the Premier League. And the only way that we can do that is 
is to play the sort of players you've mentioned. So the likes of Target, um, Yoshida, um, JWP, um, you know, Gabbiadini, those sort of players, they need to be given a chance to get out, particularly my Yoshida. He's obviously come back late from the World Cup. Everyone's saying he's not fit to play well. The only way he's going to play and get up to fitness is by, um, you know, getting 90 minutes under his belt. So I think um, Hughes will probably try and blend it a bit with some players from uh, yesterday. Um, obviously, Hoiberg will be um, suspended, so we can use that as his game rather than potentially missing Palace. So, um, so yeah, I mean, for, for me, a few of the French players, Angus Gunn exactly, need to be given a chance to um, to get in there and show what they can do and put a few of the other more um, senior players under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got so much competition in almost every single area of the pitch. And I think, as Adam mentioned in, in last week's podcast, it's an opportunity now for some of the players to regain some confidence. Maybe if Charlie Austin scores... He can go on a bit of a run. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, Ralph Kruger made the point, didn't he, at the fans forum about this. You know, we now have 25 players in our squad. And, and, you know, I think the issue for many of us as fans is have we now gone for quantity over quality? You know, we used to have a really brilliant start in 11. You know, you then have sort of maybe 13, 14 players. We've now got 25 Premier League players that are on Premier League wages they need to be given game time um, but you're right I mean Charlie Austin is only going to get his confidence back by scoring goals um, you know he's a natural goal scorer as, uh, as Adam and Steve say if you give him the chances but again he's, he's not started the season particularly well so ho- hopefully the cup game can give them a chance to sort of take the pressure off the Premier League get out there enjoy themselves a bit more express themselves a bit more knowing that you know with all due respect it's not necessarily the end of the world if they do lose that game but um, you know hopefully it will uh, mean more positives than negatives I hope so but uh, one final note before we uh, before we wrap up this part of the show but uh, the game on Tuesday night it's one of four uh, which games are using uh, video assistant referees uh, and of course no extra time this season yeah exactly so I think you know that's good from a fitness point of view you know if any of the, the sort of first 11 do start um, they're not going to sort of necessarily be overly tired for the Palace game in terms of VAR I mean I've always generally been a, a fan of it Freddie I think you know it's the sort of thing we've got the technology let's use it I mean we saw a perfect example in the Wolves Man City game yesterday where the linesman missed the handball that VAR would have picked up um, if the technology's there use it I think the frustration for many of us is the amount of time it takes and maybe referees understanding how and when to use it and uh, you know it should always get to the right decision I think there's still that human element to it that you know you need the referee to, to sort of decide yes I was right no I need to change my decision but goal line technology has been fantastic you know that's worked to treat the only way VIR will get better is by trialing it and using it so I'm, I'm all for it I think as long as it can be built into uh, the, you know the amount of time it takes out of the game yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we actually have any incidents that are, are, are being reviewed from the video assistant. Uh, so one final note then, uh, give us your, uh, your score prediction. It, you know, it could, it could be a, a tough game down at Brighton. Yeah, I, I think Saints will struggle. I think it's, um, you know, the Amex is um, a tough uh, ground to go to. I think Chris Hewton's a, a brilliant manager. I think he gets the best out of his team. So, I, again, I'd expect their first 11 to uh, um, whoever he puts out to give us a tough game. Um, I can't see us winning, Freddie, unfortunately, at the moment. I think we, we're just in a bad patch. So I'm going to go for 2-1 to Brighton. No, I'm not looking. I'm not liking the sound of that. But uh, before you go, tell everybody where we can find your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So we're available on uh, quite a few sites now. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Acast. You can find us on iTunes. And we're also on Google Podcasts now. Um, if you just search for Total Saints Podcast, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Total Saints Pod. And as always, you can email us totalsaintspodcast at yahoo.com. So a few ways to get hold of us these days, Freddie. Great stuff. Thanks, Ben. And we'll speak again soon. Lovely. Cheers, mate. 
So a big thanks to Ben from the Total Saints podcast. Uh, remember to check out their show right now. It is available in the description. There's so many great uh, Saints podcasts out there. Remember to check them all out and I'm sure you'll see a few more of those familiar voices as we go on for the rest of the season. But one thing we didn't quite cover in that conversation with Ben was your important traveller voice for Tuesday night. Now, if you are going by train, be aware the last direct train from Brighton to Southampton Central leaves at half past eight. Now, that is in the first half. It's absolutely outrageous from Southern Fail. They do it again. Otherwise, you are looking at a three-hour trip via Lewis and Clapham Junction and then getting home well after one o'clock in the morning on a work night. Um, that's absolutely outrageous from those travel companies. Uh, but what we are doing, we're actually driving down to Shoreham, uh, grabbing ourselves a free parking space where there are some car parks nearby which are free and then taking the short trip the short train to farmer to the amex not long after that or alternatively you can book with our coach travel providers uh, southampton away travel where their prices are 19 pounds 95 uh, and with 15 available pickup points in the dorset and hampshire area and also arundel a bonus one uh, for tuesday with complimentary onboard entertainment, uh, 4G Wi-Fi, free food and drink, but do book quickly so you make sure you don't miss out and get home before 12 o'clock midnight. So on to my conversation then with Alan from the Albion Raw podcast. So welcome along to our opposition view part of today's show, uh, Saints Travel East to the Amex on Tuesday night for the League Cup action to play uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. So here to tell us more is Alan from the Brighton podcast, uh, the Albion Raw. Uh, thanks for speaking to me once again. How are you doing? I'm fine. Not so bad. I mean, we had a uh, we kind of had a, an indifferent start to the season. Dreadful at Watford. X against Manchester United. Um, so-so against Liverpool. Got better during the game. Still lost. I mean, a one nil is actually a sort of a, a major improvement for us. So yeah, kind of interesting times. I mean, League, League Cup action. Before we get there, you know, you mentioned it briefly there, but a one-nil defeat at Anfield on Saturday night. Uh, a spirit performance you could say finishing the game of only sort of 30% possession I mean what did, you, what did you make of it? Well the point about it was was that we knew that Liverpool I mean they ran us ragged last year they, they scored nine goals past us um, I think they were probably the one team that actually really did just take us apart I mean we contained Manchester City we contained Chelsea to a large extent Liverpool just ran us stupid so I think that was the team that we feared most uh, coming into the second season in the Premier League so to keep certainly in the second half their strikers quiet for the most part I think is, is kind of a little bit of an improvement I mean I know Liverpool were off the boil a little bit but you know we, we still got stuck into them and, and we played with the same tenacity and high pace that we did against Manchester United and which did for Manchester United we know that we've got a long way to go I mean it's it's not as though we're going to do a Leicester City straight away but you know if we're going to sort of improve 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 all the time which is what the club wants to do just you know forever looking to go forwards forwards then these things are going to to take their time and, and bit by bit you know hopefully as the years come along then we can fear the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City and Manchester United a lot less than you know sort of us as newbies yeah, there was there was a bit of ambition in the summer as well, breaking the uh, your transfer record. But you know, to, uh, Saturday's uh, game, a very organised, very structured Chris Hughton side. So, I mean, there were a few sort of surprise omissions from the starting eleven, uh, with three of the most creative players: uh, Pascal Gross, Jurgen Lockadier, and wait for it, Ali Reza Jahambakash. Is that right? Nearly. <laughs> Just Ali Jahambakash. Yeah, they're, they're, they're creative guys. I mean, to be fair. 
Gross hadn't had the best start to the season. I, you know, I've seen Yogurt turn quicker. Lacardia, I think with with the game at Liverpool, it's a containment game. Um, you have to have your strongest, most disciplined side ready for it. And yes, it's great that you know we've got these um, creative players in, and they will probably be. And I know we'll get onto this presently, but I think that they will probably be more likely to be blooded in a game like uh, uh, the League Cup game on Tuesday. Hopefully, we are. We, you know, then we'll get to, we'll we'll get to see what these players are all about because we know that we've got these tough, disciplined players who will sort of go through the a proverbial brick wall for you. But to see these creative players, then yeah. It's, it's the likes of the, the Southampton game, which actually comes at a perfect time ahead of the, the game against Fulham we have next Saturday. And the League Cup really serves as a chance for fringe players to get more game time. And, and historically, in the last few years, you know, you've seen Chris Hewitt make up to sort of 11 changes in the starting lineup. Uh, last year, it was a, a 1 0 win, 11 changes against Barnet, and then going all the way through to extra time. Do you think we're going to see more changes on Tuesday? I think we'll see a few changes. I think that there might be. Because last season it was it was against Barnet and you'll get a chance to blood the under 23s. I think that if you did that against Southampton, you know, obviously a fellow Premier League side, I think that they'll be turned over. I mean, our attitude from this end is that Southampton obviously got an excellent conveyor belt of, of talent that's come through the club over the past few years, and therefore we're fully expecting that whoever's coming through next uh, will also be of good quality. And if if the if, if Mark Hughes wants to do that uh, and and get you know these next few players in, then compared to what Southampton have, compared to what we have, then the Southampton sort of conveyor belt will be that bit better. So I suspect that Chris Hewitt will therefore bring in the fringe first-team players rather than the fringe under-23 players. Is it anyone's guess who could be in the starting eleven? I mean, how, how do you think Chris Hewitt will approach this game? Like you say, it is the only sort of Premier, all-Premier League tie in this competition, in this round. Um, how do you think he'll approach it? Um, I think he'll, he'll do it pragmatically. He always does. I think that it's an opportunity, especially as a home game, to to progress. I mean, that's as far from saying Southampton or pushover. Of course not. Um, it also did, does depend on how Southampton approach the game as well. I suspect it would have things like uh, a change of goalkeeper. I think that the, the defensive options are a little bit limited. I think that possibly the midfield options are a little bit limited. I would guess about probably five or six changes, of which, as you pointed out, I think that you know they'll be a little bit more creative rather than sort of sometimes stultifying but absolutely necessary sort of you know defensive block that he he, he hasn't been known to put up. I just do you think he'll be seeking progression uh, in this year's competition. The last few years, he's sort of sacked it off with a half-assed attempt at playing you know the fringe players, the younger players, and you know this season, of course, there's no extra time to uh, to consider. I think that because of the, the the limitations of the cup, then I think that you know, and, and the limitations that possibly some of the, the quote fringe players, even though their record signings are going to get, and this is the sort of thing where you know Chris will actually you know blood those players. Um, like I say, I suspect we'll see Jack and Baksha. I suspect we'll see Basuma again. I suspect we'll see the, all, all the, the new Lacardia might well play as well. Is Chris taking it seriously? I think so. As, a, as an exercise in remaining in the Premier League, I think he's, he's taking it seriously. As an exercise in progressing in the Cup, I th- I'd like to think he would. I mean, you know, we're all paying good money to see this. I mean, it's extra above uh, above and beyond an expensive season ticket. So I think at the very least, any given manager would actually have the courtesy of putting out the best side. But we know, just historically, that it's not going to be, you know, 
the absolute first team until you get to the later stages anyway. Yeah, that's what we've done over the last few years and, and managed to find ourselves in the cup final um, two seasons ago. But you mentioned about sort of above and beyond the ticket price and, and choose a nice game, variable, very reasonable prices, £12 a ticket. Uh, but before we get to our uh, your prediction, uh, tell us some top tips and away pubs. Um, there's, there's going to be some difficulty uh, the Saints fans getting back after the game. Uh, yeah, we've got the same probably issue. I think we'll be playing you guys next month um, down at St Mary's and and, uh, you know, it's a Monday night and, and we know we've got to leg it back, you know, for the last train. Um, if you're going to do this, I suspect that probably you're going to have the same issues. You know, this is Southern Rail. Anything can happen. You might have to drive the train yourself. Um, so I would suggest that if you're going to come in, come in earlier. Um, you'd be more than welcome. There's a lot of um, uh, the best pubs are around Brighton Station. I mean, if you're going to come in on the train, come in on the train, get off of Brighton Station. You have to anyway to change to get to Falmer. The pubs around there, some are home pubs, but there are uh, a fair amount that are offer um you know UA fans are more than welcome and I'm thinking the likes of the Grand Central the Evening Star uh the Battle of Trafalgar the Nelson um they all seem to be sort of uh, fairly welcoming excellent stuff so to wrap up this this part then uh, give us your prediction oh I love predictions don't they always work well um just because I feel that we have a better backup squad I'm going to go for a sneaky 2-1 win for Brighton well, uh, Ben, earlier on in the show, he said a 2-1 to Brighton as well. So we were, it remains to be seen what, what what's going to happen. It's anyone's guess. And just before you go, just tell everybody where we can find you. Uh, you can find us uh, the Albion Raw. We're on Radio Reverb, 97.2 FM in the city of Brighton Hove, uh, online, radioreverb.com. And uh, there's always our podcast, which you can pick up on Audio Boom. Look for the Albion Raw channel. Excellent stuff. And we'll see you again soon, Alan. All the best. So a big thanks to Alan from the Albion Raw podcast for coming over this week. Remember to uh, check out all of their channels in the links in the description for all of your Brighton needs. But that does pretty much bring full time to this week's bonus show. Remember to leave your comments below. Join the conversation on anything you have, any thoughts, predictions, lineups, anything you want to add to the conversation for Tuesday night's game. Uh, do remember to check out and come back later on this week for our regular show as we look forward to a trip to Selhurst Park and Crystal Palace and uh, hopefully on the back of a win from the League Cup on Tuesday night. So big thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and come on you saints.